The new year is all about new beginnings and fresh starts. Make this the year you resolve to treat every inch of your skin to silky smooth hydration with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Butter. Rich but never greasy, this TikTok famous body butter is clinically proven to visibly firm skin and provide 72 hours of continuous hydration. Formulated with high-performance ingredients like ceramides and Andaria seaweed, it transforms dry, crepey skin to smooth, soft, and supple. Osea's been crafting seaweed-infused products that are safe for your skin and the planet for close to 30 years. Everything they make is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Start your year fresh with clean vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code GLOW. Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zerniel and award-winning veteran broadcaster Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. And now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zerniel. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Caregiver SOS On Air. We are delighted to have you with us. The award-winning Caregiver SOS On Air comes to you every week, and we talk about a variety of issues that affect caregivers and their families we try to provide information, advice, and hope for many who are, in fact, caregivers. Carol Zerniel, our co-host, is a nationally recognized gerontologist. She was named one of the nation's top 50 influencers in aging by Next Avenue, the journalism arm of the public broadcasting system. Carol has a master's degree in social gerontology, and she's been in the field of aging for over 30 years. Carol serves as executive director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation and senior vice president, social responsibility, for WellMed Medical Management. And Carol, uh, in the past, we have done a couple of shows over the years on, on Lewy body dementia. And, and every time we do it, uh, we learn a whole lot. You know, when I started many, many moons ago, we didn't, we didn't really talk about anything. It was um, dementia of the Alzheimer's type, or it was not you know, Alzheimer's type dementia. And, and other than stroke, we didn't really focus on any other type of dementia. Uh, and certainly now we, we understand that, that that each dementia has its own symptoms, its own issues. There are different medications. And we're, we did a great disservice for a number of years. And so I'm thrilled uh, to have Mary Lou Falcone join us to talk about Lewy body dementia. Well, let me introduce uh, Mary Lou. We're so happy to see her here. Uh, We're talking about uh, a topic that she picked. I didn't see it coming. Scenes of love, loss, and Louis body dementia. Mary Lou Falcone is internationally known as a classical music publicist and strategist who for over 50 years has helped guide the careers of celebrated artists, including the incredible Van Clyborne, Renee Fleming, Sir George Stolte, James Taylor, and has also advised many institutions, including Carnegie Hall, for whom she still works, Chicago Symphony, Los Angeles Philharmonic, and a whole lot more. She adds another layer now as an advocate for Lewy body dementia. Her late husband, the illustrator Nikki Zan, died from LBD, Lewy body dementia, in 2020, and he was the catalyst for her first book, and we will talk about that as well. Many of you may know that 
Nicholas Nikki Zahn was the inspiration not only for her book, but was a popular 50s rock and roll musician. He became a world-renowned cartoonist, illustrator, and painter, and his works hang in the permanent collection of London's Victoria and Albert Museum. And Mary Lou Falcone, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for the wonderful invitation. Folks really don't know what Lewy body dementia is, and yet you point out that it is widespread. It's not a rare disease, as many would say it is. It is. It affects 1.4 million Americans alone, and it is widely misdiagnosed. And that that therein lies the problem. If you can't spell Louis and you don't know what, what it is, you can't find it. And if you can't find it, you can't advocate for it. If you can't advocate for it, there'll be no money for research. And if there's no money for research, we won't be able to find a cure. What are the characteristics of Lewy body dementia, and, and how does that differ from other forms of dementia? It's a great question. First of all, Lewy body dementia is a neurodegenerative disease. It is often also linked to Parkinson's. So, for instance, in Nikki's case, it was Lewy body dementia with Parkinsonian aspects, which means you have the cognitive decline and you have the physical decline as well. What makes it different than other dementias, or dementia, I should say, uh, including Alzheimer's, is that it is uh, it is a fluctuating disease, meaning one day you may know who your loved one standing next to you is, and in the next hour, you won't know who that person is, and it fluctuates back and forth. So fluctuations are a huge difference between Alzheimer's and Lewy body dementia, also something called REM sleep behavior disorder, which means that when you're asleep, you're actually acting out your dreams. If you're if you're dreaming that you're punching someone, you actually may be act, uh, taking your fist and punching the person next to you. Those are two things. The third thing is hallucinations. Early on in Lewy body dementia, there is the hallucination part. Not with everybody. And that's what makes this disease so difficult to diagnose because it does mimic Parkinson's. It does mimic Alzheimer's. And it also mimics um, psychiatric disorders. Well, when did go ahead, Carol? I was just going to say, you know, I think that probably Robin Williams, you know, is the reason a lot of people know anything about Louis Body. What was it that? triggered you all to say what is going on when did what did you have to go through to get to the Lewy body diagnosis okay that's a that's a that's a wonderful question in the end we were lucky and and I'll explain that in 2016 I began to see signs that were a little bit strange um aggressive behavior uh being angry which Nikki never was it was always a happy upbeat person being a little bit suspicious and uh, being fatigued, a lot of fatigue. And also, this is a strange one, but taking 20 minutes to one half hour to write one check. 
And I thought, well, he's tired. Fine. So we go to the end of 2016 and we're in Vienna. We're a very lucky couple because we both have our careers and we travel a lot and we travel together very often. So we were in Vienna for the New Year's concert of the Vienna Philharmonic, which was conducted by a client of mine, Gustavo Dudamel, and the Vienna Philharmonic was a client. So we had a, you know, a double header there. And um, I noticed when we got to Vienna, Nikki was very, very tired. And I thought, well, end of the year, fatigue, sure. And then one night we were to meet at a restaurant, a restaurant that he knew well and that I knew well, which was one and a half blocks from where we were staying. And I arrived to meet friends at eight o'clock, our appointed hour. Nikki was always early or a little bit on uh, a little bit earlier on time for sure. 45 minutes passed, no Nikki. I got frightened. And of course, he never carried a cell phone, so it was useless to try that that route. And so I excused myself and I was frightened. I mean, truly, my heart was in my throat. I walked out to the main drag towards St. Stephen's Cathedral. And lo and behold, who's coming toward me? Nikki. It was like a miracle. But when I looked into his eyes, what I saw was fear. And as he approached me, he said, you you didn't write down the address for me. And I've been asking people and nobody knows where this restaurant is. And and I thought, whoa. And whatever kicked in, my instinct was to go calm. And I just looked at him and I said, Nikki, it is totally my fault. Please forgive me. And that was my first real sign that something was dramatically wrong. As it turns out, we went back to the States uh, after having a visit in Paris where he uh, later I found out had had a heart attack, but we didn't know it. We came back to the States. He had his usual six month checkup. Now this was a man who took very good care of himself, who did a lot of exercise, who ate well, and who went to our physician twice a year for a general checkup. It was general checkup time. We're in January of 2017. And Nikki says to our doctor, and tell me Al, what happened to that calcium score test you had me take six months ago? And Al said, oh, let me have a look. Looks at it, turns white and says, oh my goodness, Nikki, this is really bad. It's supposed to be at 100 or something like that. Yours, Your numbers are way over 1,000. We've got to get you to a stress test and a cardiologist now. Hold that thought. We're going to come right back to you. For those who may have just joined us, an incredible story as we talk uh, with our very special guest, Mary Lou Falcone, about Lewy body dementia and more. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Carol Zerniel on the award-winning Caregiver SOS on air. Uh, coming back to you, Mary Lou, what was the test you were referring to? It's called a calcium score test, and it tells you about the amount of clogging of your arteries. And it, it, in Nikki's case, it was out of sight. So we went to the stress test. It showed that somewhere along the line, he had had a heart attack. I can pinpoint the exact time and day of that because it, it was in Paris a couple of weeks before. They also said uh, they had set us up with a cardiologist, which was great, cleared it with our, our general physician. We went to the cardiologist. He was wonderful and said, oh, listen, don't worry. This things happen all the time. And since there was no real aftermath for the, for the uh, heart attack, uh, probably the worst case scenario, you'll need stents. Fine. I had the worst feeling in the pit of my stomach and said to Nikki, you know, you've been asking me for 34 years to marry you. 
And I've always said, no, let's not spoil a good thing. And now I'm asking you, Nikki, will you marry me? Wow. And, and his classic humor kicked in and he said, oh, Mary Lou, it's only 34 years. What's your hurry? But we, we did it. We got married. So we got married on the 13th of February of 2017. We were in the hospital for an angiogram on the 14th. And my quip was, doesn't everybody get their heart checked out on Valentine's Day? Huh. And on the 15th, by the 15th, he was in surgery because they found that the arteries, the heart arteries were, were clogged to the tune of 100%, 99%, 80%, 50%. And the cardiologist missed all that. Well, the, the general physician missed the, the uh, clogging of the arteries from the, the test that he had taken. Right. And the, the cardiologist actually set us up with all this testing to, uh, to find that, yes, this was a bad, bad situation. Now, where does that leave Louis body? Right. Well, Thank you. Okay, let's go back to Louis body. Does this, yeah, I'm thinking, does this accelerate it? Because your time oh, frame, oh, I'm realizing, is short. It accelerates. So, uh, uh, and what happened was that after the um, the open heart surgery, I thought, well, that's it. Of course, that's it. It's not enough blood flow getting to the head. Now we're Now we're home free. Well, we weren't. And they said that, you know, it may take up to a year to regain strength and energy and all those things. A year, almost a year and a half passed, and the strength was not there. He did not regain strength. He kept losing weight. He was fatigued all the time, and there was a fogginess. What I didn't know is that there were still hallucinations. There had been during the open heart surgery, which I knew had been really bad, but I was told that's what happens. We switched physicians. Uh, not that we didn't love the guy that we were with, but he was an elder gentleman and it was time for, for younger a younger person to come into the picture. We went to a new general physician. He watched Nikki for several months. I said, I think it's time for an MRI. I, I don't trust what I'm what I'm watching. He watched a little bit longer. Ultimately, he ordered the MRI, which said a phrase that I think is ridiculous, age appropriate deterioration. To me, that's nonsense for we don't know what's going on. And right. so I said, what next, folks? What's the next round? We're going to find out in just a minute. That's a perfect way to tease that. Hang on. Come back to Mary Lou Falco. Hey, I'm Ron Aaron, along with Carol Zerniel. You're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. Well, thank you so much for listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. We're delighted to have you with us. We come to you every week with a discussion of an issue, a problem, some accomplishments involved in caregiving with more than 60 million caregivers across this country, but most thinking they are the Lone Rangers. We try to bring you the latest information and help that can make that job easier and more manageable. Caregiver SOS On Air takes a look at trends across this country. We provide tips on how to be a better caregiver, and most importantly, where you can go for help. On Caregiver SOS On Air, we try to give you what you need to make that caregiving manageable and to provide you with the help that can make your life easier. I'm Ron Aaron. Carol Zerniel and I are delighted to co-host this program, and we're thrilled you've joined us on the award-winning Caregiver SOS On Air podcast available everywhere, brought to you by WellMed Charitable Foundation. Hello, friend.
Well, the beauty of this, we have the same conversation going on off the air. We figured we better come back on the air. I'm Ron Aaron. This is Caregiver SOS on Air. Along with Carol Zorniel, our co-host, we're talking with Deidre Lou Falcone, talking about her husband and his experience with Lewy body dementia and the incredible story she is sharing with us where they reach a point where a diagnosis is forthcoming. Uh, Mary Lou, during this period of time, was he still working? Yes, he was still doing his art. And um, and that, that never waned, actually. There was one piece that he never finished, and that was, and I have it hanging in charcoal, it was a five-foot by four-foot painting, or would-be painting, that was a man ready to jump off a Ferris wheel, and it's his version of the scream. Ooh. Wow. And that never never got finished. Wow. Well, I wanted to scream when you said that they told you, oh, it's just age-appropriate, whatever. Yeah. Um, when you know something's going on. You really do. And I think that the doctors who listen to the spouses are really to be commended because you know when something isn't right. You you absolutely know it. And I began to keep logs of what was going on so that I wouldn't forget anything. And I think that's incredibly important. So yeah, where do record. you go from? So from uh, saying, you know, there, there needs to be uh, more testing, there needs to be something else to do. Our very brilliant new physician sent us to, uh, outside of his network, he sent us to another hospital where he said the best neurologist he knew was. Now, he didn't say the best neurologist for what. He just <laughs> said the best neurologist. And later I found out that he, he our, our new physician, general physician, knew what he was looking at because he had had it in his family. So he sent us to a neurologist. And the neurologist did two tests, a cognitive test, you know, the general cognitive test that we all take upon occasion. And he watched Nikki walk. And he said, definitively, this is Lewy body dementia with Parkinsonian aspects. We both wow. knew what that was because a friend of ours had died of it a couple of years before. Oh. So Nikki, and he said, I'll order two more tests to to just basically uh, help the diagnosis. One was a REM sleep test, which we discussed a little earlier. And the other was a DAT scan, D-A-T scan, to, to see what the activity was in terms of the rogue proteins in the brain known as alpha-synucleans. And so we now had the diagnosis. We got into the waiting room. And Nikki looked at me and he said three things. And these are important uh, for a variety of reasons. The first one was, I have always wanted to meet your father. And now I'll have my chance. My father died in 1981. And this was Nikki's way of telling me he knew he was dying. The second thing he said, I live by every day of my life while he was alive and after he passed. And that is, we have had a good run. We have had a great run. We cannot be sad. And the third part of it is one that I share with all caregivers because I think it's incredibly important. Nikki looked me in the eye and he said, Mary Lou, I know it's going to get rough. Please help me to keep my dignity. Wow. 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 That's powerful. Yeah. So I, I think so. That's, yeah. To, for somebody to understand their position, um, that's a very scary moment for the person receiving the news about themselves and for you and for him to have that clarity 
uh, to be able to articulate, you know, Absolutely. some positive and, and negative. Yeah, and he he maintained that clarity. You know, our our version of um, Louis Body Dimension. I say our version because there are no two cases that are alike. That's why this stuff is so difficult to to harness and to d- diagnose because it all manifests slightly differently. There isn't a, a definitive checklist, if you will. However, it it was um, an amazing awareness that Nikki had during all of this. And a couple of months before he died, in a lucid moment, he actually wrote a poem that that described what it felt like to be descending into Louis body dementia. And in addition to his, his rock and roll talents and his, his artistic talents, he had also been a writer and had written for Esquire magazine. So it, it didn't surprise me when I found this three months after his death, that is, after I got over the shock of finding it, um, because I know I was meant to find it after he'd gone. Can you share it with us? Sure. Let me just grab it. And while you do that, uh, Carol Zernial, uh, we have heard so many others talk about Lewy body dementia. It never grows old, but it is always frightening. Well, it is. And I, I'm thinking about the gentleman who was a college professor who had the Lewy body dementia. When people started discounting him and, and not talking to him and sort of writing him off. And one doctor, he walked in the room and the, the, the physician looked right at him and said, you know, Dr. So-and-so, his, his PhD legal name, you know, how are you right. doing? Tell me about, tell me about yourself. And he felt seen and he felt respected in that issue of dignity. We as, as caregivers and we are working with people who are, are living with these diseases so important. It, it's vital. And, you know, even when someone is nonverbal, I do believe that they're in there. And that they hear us and they respond to a kiss on the cheek, a hug, a gentle touch. Uh, that That's something I, I truly believe happens with all. Share, share his poem with us. The poem, which I believe had been written in May of 2020 and, and remembering that Nikki passed in July of 2020, reads as follows. The photo on the wall, if I'm not mistaken, was taken when our love was just brand new. It was not long ago when we were making the plans to love each other strong and be true. A devil in our home used deception to corrupt the loyal angel that my heart knew. An instant into this cruel and hateful reception, vengeance replaced the heart that once beat true. With blinding rage and searing pain, a ready knife filled my hand. I thrashed with intent cutting them down, and never was the same again. While I wait for my date with the hangman and his chore, and by chance I see my reflection, that less than human sight that haunts each tortured night, that stranger in the mirror is me. Wow. 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 How did you feel the first time? When, When you read that the first time, what were your thoughts? I wept and I realized how how profoundly influenced by this disease Nikki was and how much he really knew about what was happening to him, even toward the very end. He knew. Well, I'm I'm looking behind you. We can see each other, you know, as as we're talking. Um that I didn't see it coming. Can you can you talk about that the title? Yes. Um 
before Nikki passed, he said to me, you have to write. And uh, writing, writing what? You know, I, I didn't understand it until he passed. And then I realized that my entire life, I didn't see coming the good and the bad. And I thought that that's it. That that's what I want to write about what I didn't see coming. And it was love. It was loss. And it was Louis body dementia. And that's how the title came about. It was it was almost like automatic writing. And the same thing goes with the with the illustrations that uh, support each chapter. I had this idea one morning as I was writing that I could possibly evoke the emotion of the chapter by using Nikki's illustrations. A, he did a, a, a fortune telling game called The Answer Deck in um, 1983 is when he created it. And we didn't get it published until 20, uh, 2003 is when it was published and then sold 100,000 copies. So that that's a good thing. But these these drawings were so powerful, and I thought that they would very possibly enhance the meaning of each chapter. It took me 30 minutes to match 50 cards with 50 chapters. Wow. That's how organic it was. Uh, is the poem and, in the book? Yes, it is. is. Poem, the poem is oh, yes. in the book as well. It is. Absolutely, yes. I think that the book was written to actually help caregivers. I would have never written a book uh, as a publicist about my life and or about my clients, because that's sacred territory. You you just don't go there. At least I don't go there. And um, but but this was different. And an order, a very brilliant editor said to me, if we are going to care about what you care about, which is Louis body dementia, I think that we have to go back and have your story. You have to tell us, who are you? Who is Nikki? Get us roped in to your very in, in her words, fascinating story, and then hit us with what you want us to know as caregivers. Well, we only have about 30 seconds left. How do we get a hold of your book? And what can we do to help find an answer to Louis Body Dementia? To find my book, you just go to Amazon.com and it's it's listed as I Didn't See It Coming, Scenes of Love, Loss, and Louis Body Dementia by Mary Lou Falcone. In terms of what we can do, we can make awareness a primary when it comes to talking about and spreading the word about Louis Body Dementia. It's what's going to count. Mary Lou Falcone, thank you so much. For Carol Zerniel, I'm Ron Aaron. Thank you so much for joining us on the award-winning Caregiver SOS On Air. Executive producers for Caregiver SOS On Air are Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron. Our associate producer is Christy Romero. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll see you next week on Caregiver SOS On Air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. 
Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on local now, channel 525.